producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Buckle up, Score North faithful. It's another edition of the Taxi Squad. I am AJ Fredericks, and I'm joined tonight. It is March 7th. And we are joined here by Mr. Jason Stormer and Mr. Artis Woods. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this fine night? We know I know we've got some snow maybe moving in later this week, but as oh. for the time being, it's warm-ish. We, uh, we've got dry-ish snows. I know you guys are freezing over there. <laughs> for uh, for a, room, a room that I think is notoriously <laughs> hot, like it's a sauna in there, is just so cold it seems like, right? This room is all over the place when it comes to temperature. Sometimes it's way too hot and sometimes it's way too cold. And today, for whatever reason, the main studio here at Score North is frigid. It's like 63 <laughs> degrees in here. I'm wearing my winter jacket. So is Artis. It's... Baby, it's cold at inside, actually, in this case. I'm, I'm free. My teeth are chattering right now. Yeah, well, I just, I kind of walked here, so I'm not too cold. <laughs> <laughs> I will live, like, down the street from the studio. Why so didn't you take the train? Too, I don't know. I just felt like going for a walk today. Good for I you. Just sometimes I like, to, I like the, to get the, the steps in. You know yeah. what I mean? Is there even a stop that is, like, that makes sense for you to do that? One stop. Yeah. Oh, it's, really? It's literally one stop. It's, like, right in front of my apartment, and it's literally right across oh, the street from nice. the actual studio. So, I do take that every now and then when I don't feel like walking, but you know, every now and then I walk. It's like, mm-hmm. like fourteen minutes, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm feeling pretty good, man. Feeling, feeling pretty good. Got some nice, you know, fresh air. Mm-hmm. Not, not bad. It's not bad. It's like thirty-three degrees out here, so. You know, for the Midwest, that's like summertime. It was a pretty mild <laughs> February for the most part, too. I mean, obviously, we got like a ton of snow, but in terms of temperature, it wasn't that bad. And I don't know about you guys, like once the calendar flips to March. It's officially spring for me. I know, like, we got to wait until, like, I don't know, the 18th or something until it's officially spring or something like that. But, no, I'm I'm all about, no, December, January, February. Those are the winter months. Let's move on to spring. I'm I'm ready for it, man. And, you know, what? decent temperatures out there. I'm hoping it'll get into the 40s next week. I really do. I'm sick of it. But in the meantime, uh, it's nice and frigid here in the studio, keeping it nice and cold in here for us. So You mentioned a mild February. But the Vikings wanted to heat things up here yes. in early March because just this past week, they released veteran linebacker Eric Ugh. Kendricks. He was a first-team All-Pro in 2019, uh, regarded as one of the most consist- consistently productive linebackers in the NFL. He now heads the free agency in the official UCLA tandem of Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks era is now gone from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, what was your guys' reactions to this? Eric Kendricks no longer a Viking it seems, I, I don't think it's fully set in for me yet, just because I think I associate him immediately with the Vikings now. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, it's going to take some time. But what was your initial reactions and maybe some more well-thought-out opinions on this now that you've had some some time to think about it? Yeah, I mean, he was one of the faces of this defense for a decade. Drafted in 2015, right? So it's it's tough to see him go. Especially because, yeah, especially in my lifetime, he's been one of the best Vikings linebackers in their history. I mean, he's up there with the likes of like EJ Henderson and Chad Greenway, even Anthony Barr to a degree, too. So it's yeah, he has always been a fan favorite. So it's tough to let him go. But I mean, in terms of revamping this Vikings defense, which I think everybody's expecting this offseason, I mean, you can't really be too surprised by any moves that really happen with really any of the members of this defense uh, that were on the team last year. 
Uh, Vikings save what nine point five million dollars in cap space with this, and they still need to get under the cap. Um, I believe the deadline's here coming up in a couple of weeks, so there's still moves to be made, and we can talk about maybe who might be the next person on the block here, but. Yeah, it's it, it stinks because, I mean, we've seen 54 jerseys at U.S. Bank Stadium um, for several years now. And, and I mean, I've been looking at some of the quotes by um, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, KOC. It's just it, they are just just brimming with just how much this guy has meant to this organization and just hyped him up a ton of how much his leadership has meant to this locker room. So. Even if it makes football sense from a leadership perspective, you're losing something here. Um, it stings to see him go, but it does make football sense ultimately, right? It makes perfect football sense. You have to, you got to try to get under the cap, like you just mentioned. I mean, it's saving you a good amount of money. At the end of the day, whatever needs to be done needs to be go- needs to be done. It does suck to see him go. Definitely a staple here in Minnesota. I'm new to the city and learned a lot about him and coming out here, and obviously know a lot about him just living elsewhere, living in Milwaukee because he made plays against Green Bay as well and against Philadelphia. So he's a guy that's been a staple in the league for a while, and I'm sure a lot of teams will be looking at adding him to the roster. But, I mean, it's something that I kind of expected. I think Jordan Hicks is probably next, Hmm. um, and they'll be looking for a new linebacker pretty soon. And there's a pretty solid linebacker um, pool out there to choose from. There's a good amount of linebackers out there right now that I think you could choose from, some that are younger, some that are older, some bring um, veteran leadership, some bring championship leadership. You know, there's a lot to choose from. And so I'm I'm not mad at it. It was kind of expected. I'm happy that they are giving him his time and they cut him early so that he can go out there and while everybody has as much money as they need to make the necessary moves, he is out there as a free agent. You know, I don't want to see a James Bradbury situation where they cut him last year, the Giants did, towards the end of free agency, and nobody has any more money, so he has to settle for a one-year deal somewhere, $10 million, however much. They cut him with a good enough time so that people have an opportunity to really give him as much money as he deserves at this point in his career. And so, hey, it, it needed to be done, and I think at the end of the day, the Vikings had one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. Things have to change. Like, it sucks it has to be him, but things have to change, and I like the direction that Quasi is going. Yeah, it's so weird. You just mentioned it. Like, they had last year one of the – and I say last year, like it wasn't just a month ago. Um, they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But we, I think, are so shortly removed from that 2019 or even 2018 of that defense under Mike Zimmer – was one of the best, and they were winning games, and they were getting to the playoffs by shutting teams down and forcing turnovers and, like, just being a force where if you go out there, the opposing quarterback is going to have to have himself a day because mm-hmm. he was just, like, they, they were a different defense. It was a completely different style of team, really, because you didn't have a Kirk Cousins really at that time yet. And um, you had, what, Stefan Diggs, yep. who was super young at the time, and Adam Thielen was more, like, in his prime. And it was just a totally different look. Um, and now it's 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 shifted. The offense is great, and the defense is terrible. And now you don't have Mike Zimmer. You don't have Rick Spielman anymore. It's Quasi Adolfo Mensa. It's Kevin O'Connell. The Wilfs are still there. And I feel like with this new front office, though, they're going to maybe take a different apo- approach now where, like you said, you're you, – you, respectfully i think it, it it was out of i want to say respect and just like dignity mm-hmm. we're gonna if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it now mm-hmm. um and i know it, jeremy fowler said that there was more maybe veteran players that the vikings are maybe going to make some moves with could the next one be adam thielen 
I think the time, uh, the, like the time clock on that one is winding down, and it's mo- not a matter of like if; it's just when they're going to mm-hmm. do it. And the and I was a little shocked that he was he wasn't the first one of these like major cuts or releases or moves to happen. I was a little surprised it was Kendricks. Not surprised that Kendricks happened, but more surprised that it wasn't Thielen first. Yeah, Thielen's name was brought up first. Um, I know we even tweeted about that here at Score North, um, and I think there was even maybe a nugget dropped by Thielen's camp that maybe a fresh start might be best for him. Um, Yeah, I would expect expect him to be the next one, if not him— Maybe Harrison Smith, maybe we find out, I mean, we probably won't find out with the free agents like uh, Patrick Peterson or any guys like that. We do have Dalvin Tomlinson's void date here in a couple weeks, so we will know if a contract extension is agreed to with him, with his camp and the Vikings. Um, But yeah, other than that, what I'm actually pretty interested in, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Artis? Do you think Adam Thielen might be the next guy on the block, actually? I don't know for sure, but I think he should as well, just because, you know, he's a Minnesota guy. He was, mm-hmm. you know, drafted here mm-hmm. by the football team, and he's another guy that you want to cut early out of respect, like you guys just mentioned, to give him enough time to get out here and get the money that he needs, and I have been on this train since the middle of last season. Like, they need to go out and find a receiver, too. And there's a lot of guys out there to choose from right now. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily possible with the money, but I know DeAndre Hopkins is looking to be traded somewhere. That would be insane. I just That just would be insane. Out there. I, love oh, the rec- I love the reckless speculation. I, mean, I'm just, I just had to throw that out there. I have no idea how yes. the money works. So for the I people who are going to be like, oh, you don't know how the money to cap. They don't have. Okay, I'm just throwing a name on there. I'm just saying, you know. I know, there's like, I know there's like those websites where we can like do these trades and stuff like that. We should see if we can find yeah, like I mean, next week know, if we can get the DeAndre Hopkins trade to I work. Mean, D Hop and JJ, that will be insane. Oof, but I love it. Other guys out there, you know, you got Robert Woods out there, you got DJ Shark out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a you Alan and I Lazar, talked about uh, Brandon Cooks a little bit too this week. Yeah, Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. is another guy I would look at. He's known for getting a thousand yards this season, and it's always so underrated. It's so low key. But he's been one of the more productive players, one of the more productive receivers in the league for a while. So there's a lot of options out there for them to go uh, receiver to as well. And that's the beauty in all of this. It's going Mm -hmm. to suck to say goodbye to a lot of the players that have been here through it all. But Mm -hmm. the beauty in it is there are plans in place, I feel like. There are other players out there to get that would be a little bit more productive in my eyes. No disrespect to the guys that are being let go. Mm-hmm. But there are guys out there that can come in and be a little bit more productive and a little bit more of a threat on, on the football field. So I do think he should be the next guy. I think if this ownership and this GM cared at this point really about, you know, doing what fans want and appealing to the fans and, like, maintaining legacies around here, I, I don't think Eric Kendricks would have been cut. You know what I mean? Because he's a fan favorite. He sells a lot of jerseys. Mm-hmm. This shows that they do mean business, mean in business. my opinion, in a way that maybe previous Vikings uh, regimes hadn't done in previous offseasons. There's, there's been a decent amount of loyalty to some of these Vikings players, which, you know, some of it's warranted, some of it's not. So I totally get that. But in this case, yeah, I'm... I'm very curious what the what the next move might be. I, I'm guessing that probably will be Adam Thielen, if not maybe Harrison Smith. I actually want to keep Harrison Smith, I was to be say, honest why, with you. Why are you getting rid of Harrison? I, 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 I don't know. Him, not I've yet. Seen, I wouldn't get rid of him yet. I've seen his name brought up a lot, but even though, yes, his contract might be kind of heavy down the road here, I mean, he still had a really productive season last year. He and he, he caused a lot of turnovers, too. And so I'm kind of in the camp. I mean, I'm keeping him. Yeah, I'm also yeah. bringing back Pat P if I can. 
you on a one, maybe on a one-year deal. Really? I would. I, Pat P was think, one of the more productive corners in the league, and I think you need that veteran leadership at the cornerback position yeah. because otherwise you're going to probably go really young. There are a lot of corners out here too, mm-hmm. so maybe it just the money kind of depends, but – Pat P still got some juice left, man. I, I, it, the money would have to be right. That's yeah. That's, the money has to be right. That's my biggest that. thing. Just because, like, I with the Kendricks thing, Jason, you mentioned like they want to win and everything like that, but they also made this. It's a smart move because you're saving money at the cap. Um, and then when it comes to Pat P, yes, I do think he still can be a, an effective player to an extent, but you know, I. I I don't have an emotional attachment to him. I understand that he used to be one of, if not the best cornerbacks in the league. Yeah. Especially in his prime, but like that that's just not who he is now. I'm not saying he doesn't like the gas tank is definitely not empty for him. Right. But right. he's not a yai uh, a spry young buck like, you know, he used to be. Yeah. I understand wanting to keep a guy like him around just like I want to keep Harrison Smith around for the sake of having that veteran presence there. And the guy who is He's quite literally the furthest guy back, so he's surveying that entire secondary and being vocal. Pat P can also do that to an extent, but you have to sit him down and say, hey, here's what we're willing to offer you, and this is the role you're going to be. You're not a feature cornerback anymore. Mm. You are a mentor to the guys we're about to draft and the guys we have drafted. Mm-hmm. That that would yeah. be my my thing with Patrick Peterson. Um, I, and I don't dislike him. It's just... That there's a certain way that the, mm-hmm. the, I think they have to go, and they've started it. Um, whether or not they actually get there is one thing or another. Yeah, ESPN ranked him still as a top 50 free agent going into this offseason. So th- there's, yeah, Pat P. And I think Pat Dalvin P. Tomlinson was ranked 30, mid 30s or something like that. So bring, I wouldn't mind bringing back those two guys and retaining Harrison Smith if there were three members of the Vikings defense that I wouldn't mind keeping. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you are going to keep Pat P, you need to add a little bit more too. Uh, because, you know, especially with cornerbacks, you don't know when that cliff is coming. You know, when you don't know when that tank is actually going to go empty. You don't really have a meter for that with cornerbacks, really. And, I mean, Pat P is, what, like 32, 33 now? I mean, he can still play for— He's 32. Yeah, he can still play for a while. And, you know, I think he likes it here as well. I think he enjoys—and, you know, what? I mean, he even stayed through a coaching change, too. Mm-hmm. He started with Zimmer and stuck around through KOC. So I think that speaks to him on the fact—speaks to his, like, liking of the organization, which, by the way, the Vikings ranked number one in a survey among NFL players about, uh, like, facility rankings and stuff like that. It was us— um, Vegas and uh, I think Miami that made like the top and I think the Vikings were like the consensus number one. So the facility they built out built out there in Egan. I mean, you drive by that thing. Now, you know, that is literally like world class in terms of a football facility. We yeah. absolutely nailed it. Um, I, I haven't been to um, a training camp. I haven't actually been out there. Have you guys been out to the TCO um, uh, complex at all? I have, have you guys not, checked no it fact. out? There's like a not. hotel there now and is everything. It really? It's a whole like. There's like a Vikings museum there as well. It's I know a, it's of a the whole museum. Like, I used to work yeah. at the actual at US Bank Stadium, so yeah. I know of it and know of the museum because we'd recommend people to go out there to the museum. Still recommend that, by the way, because I hear it's pretty dope. Yeah. But I've never actually had the opportunity to go out there and check mm-hmm. it out myself. I do want to do that. Maybe Taxi Squad needs to go cover training camp. This <laughs> little, year. Little, little, little field trip. Saying. That would be fun. That'd be a nice little field trip. I just want to throw this out there. Last little tidbit on Pat P. Yeah. He was tied for fifth in interceptions with five interceptions. He was tied for sixth in the league with 15 pass deflections. So 
He was. Yeah. I know the defense yeah. was rough, but Pat B was. Eh, it was, was not very, his fault. He was very productive. That's. I think that, again, mm-hmm. it's about money and it's about age at this point. And obviously, you definitely want to get younger. Um, but like I said, if the money's right, yeah, if um, the money's right. And the last thing I really want to highlight with uh, Eric Hendricks now leaving the Minnesota Vikings is that I hope this really creates a big opportunity for Brian Asamoah because he showed flashes last season, but he didn't really play a lot. Um, Now, I think he might have been dealing with some kind of nagging injuries and also just like with, you know, there's players ahead of him, you know, uh, Jordan uh, Hicks and um, as well as Eric Hendricks as well. And so maybe that was the reason why he didn't get as much playing time. I mean, we were, we, we've all been pretty critical about how little Vikings rookies played last season, but he seemed to be the brightest spot of all the rookies for sure. And so I'm hoping that this means that this organization is now fully invested in him, hopefully as a starter, and hopefully that he totally takes off with the opportunity. I'm really hoping Brian Osimov uh, flourishes now. Speaking of taking off with the opportunity, the Timberwolves, they have an opportunity to maybe creep up higher in the standings. And they're right now, they're on a three-game winning streak, but barring in a miraculous comeback, (laughs) it appears that is going to come to an end with a loss to the 76ers. But they are currently, guys, sitting in the sixth spot. They're above 500. They're above 500. Well, they're going to be 34 and 33, but they're 34 and 32 at the time of this sentence. And uh, they are not super far back of uh, even maybe the four seed. I think the three season, you know, I'm not out, not saying out of reach, but you'd have to really, really step yeah. it up. But the Kings are uh, in that three spot. The Suns are currently two and a half games ahead of the Timberwolves. The Warriors are a half a game up. But the bad part is that seven, eight, nine, 10, and 11 are, and, and 12. Yeah are within two and a half games. So it's not like they have a cushion on the guys below them. They could sneeze in one way, either be up there in the four spot, and they could sneeze the other way, and all of a sudden they're out of the playoffs and not even in the bubble. Yeah, AJ, this thing is tight. (laughs) This this thing is tight. This drain has been clogged for a long time, and we got no Drano. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've seen the Western Conference this deep into the season. This tight where one game, one win, one loss could swing you one way or the other. Um, I'm pretty confident in how they've looked as of late now tonight. Tonight is kind of rough. The game is going on right now. They're down 20. And from what I can see, Philadelphia didn't even have James Harden for this game. So that's not a good loss. And, you know, one thing that needs to be pointed out is they do have the seventh hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. That's tough. Mm -hmm. Now, the bright side is... I love how they're playing with, again, with the exception of today. And I brought this up last episode where they're just giving the ball to Anthony Edwards and allowing him to make plays down the stretch of, uh, of games. That game against the Kings, 138 to 134, great game down the stretch where they just they gave the ball to Ant and they said, okay, mm-hmm. take me there. Mm-hmm. We want you to make the plays. We want you to shoot the ball, facilitate whatever you see on the floor. We We like it. And he went out there and he made the correct plays. He shot the ball when he needed to. He was aggressive when he needed to. He deferred when he needed to. And you could again, you could see him maturing as a as an overall basketball player right before our eyes. So I do like the potential and what I see. But man, you you can't keep having these laws where you have one huge game against the, the third rated or third seeded Sacramento Kings, and you come out here against the Sixers, who are also really good in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. without their probably second best player and get smoked. And I'd have to go back and actually watch this game to see like exactly what happened. But this is ridiculous. I mean, you can't. You this is not the time 
to be Man. up and down. It's just, it's just not because you can literally – there is a chance they still miss the playoffs, and I think that needs to be said. I think we yeah. all kind of expect them to make the playoffs because of how they play um, this back half of the season for the most part, post-All-Star break, post-this trade for the most part. But they could still miss it. Like AJ said, they could lose a game mm-hmm. and they're down there at 11 and they're or down there at 10 and they're fighting in the play-in with a team that's desperate to get in and they lose. And if you're, I think it's 9 and 10, all it takes is one loss and you're done. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But I, I'm confident that they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, in regards tonight, it's the starters that are failing them, except for Anthony Edwards. He's dropped 32 on 12 of 24 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3. So, uh it's not his fault tonight. It's everybody else. Everybody else is like shooting oh, just awful tonight. So, yeah, it, it not working tonight, but it has been working the last couple of games. Like we mentioned, a good California road trip, uh, except for that Warriors game. Uh, I, I got to highlight one thing specifically with this Kings game. A- admittedly, with that ant shot as uh, time was expiring for the most part to yes. put them up by uh, – I can't, what was it, four or something like that? Um, it was a fadeaway at the free throw line. I was like, no, 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 not that, not that. But <laughs> no, that's him. I, I trust I prefer, that. I prefer but I trust that, that shot I know. Over, the, over the fadeaway three. I am scarred by so many similar Andrew Wiggins shots that didn't work. So, like, whenever I see a Timberwolf just do a like crazy fadeaway shot, I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. But it's Anthony Edwards. So yes. I got to remember who it is. Um, I want to highlight specifically Mike Conley's stat line in this uh, Sacramento game. 24 points, 7-12 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3. Let's pretend that's D'Angelo Russell for a second. Mm. If we looked at that stat line, we'd be like, hey, really good night from D'Angelo Russell right there. Really good night. But that's Mike Conley. Mike Conley has just proved to me that he can put up what similar uh, production D'Angelo Russell was putting up with the Timberwolves. In this one, okay, not maybe in the long stretch, but at least I'm getting nights where I can see it like this because I think that's what people were worried about. It's just like, okay, where's the offense going to come from now that D'Angelo Russell's gone? Well, look, Mike Conley can prove at least on at least this game, maybe not all the time, (laughs) he can actually go out there and get something like this. There's still something, I guess, left in the take if we're going to bring it back to Patrick Peterson really quick. It just made me really, really hopeful that if, and you know what, that Sacramento game, that atmosphere there, and I know that is a starred fan base because I don't remember last time the Kings were in the playoffs. They've been awful for several, several years, and that arena was buzzing. A lot of people were talking about that was a pretty good playoff atmosphere as the season's winding down there in Sacramento. So that was a pretty high-intensity game. For Mike Conley to have that good of a game just made me really, really hopeful that this trade is really working out for the Timberwolves. And also, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been dynamite since we traded for him. I want to pull up his stat line through uh, 36 games. Um, for the most part, he's just been absolutely incredible. So he's averaging like uh, per 36 minutes, uh, 17 points, uh, shooting 50% um, from three point. Um, it's crazy. It's he's having an incredible start to his Timberwolves career. And I don't think a lot of people thought that there was going to be a ton of production from him because it kind of seemed like he was just kind of thrown into the trade to balance out the stuff with Mike Conley. He has arguably been a bigger contributor to the team than Mike Conley up to this point. And considering D'Angelo Russell's missed some time already with the Lakers, I mean, this trade has worked out fantastically for the Wolves so it far. It has. It started off a little rough. It yeah. definitely started off a little rough, and I was getting crucified on social media. You don't know what you're talking about, XYZ, blah, blah, blah. But listen, <laughs> I just said give it time. And I still think we have not seen the peak of this trade yet. I still think that when – 
if Car Anthony Towns be dope. We yeah, still yeah, don't know. I didn't even want to bring still it up. Don't know. I didn't want to bring but it up. If and when he comes back, I feel like we'll see the peak of this trade because you really see everybody in their spots on the floor taking the shots that they need to take down the stretch of these basketball games. And you'll see the emphasis on the two stars on the roster instead of it being on other players. But you do love the contributions that you're getting from him, from him for sure. I didn't expect it. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 to full transparency, mm-hmm. I barely knew who the guy was. I'm yeah. not, not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I knew his but, name because he had a unique name, and that's about it. But <laughs> literally, in that Kings game, he hit some big shots, 16 points, 4 of 8 from 3. Like mm-hmm. you said, shooting 50%. I mean, he was big. And then, like... Anytime you put up 138 points, that's a satisfying game right there. Mm. That's a satisfying win. That's a great offensive performance. Everybody really shot the ball well. Jaden McDaniels, um, um, Kyle Anderson, you know, even Rudy Gobert, he pitched in his, what, 13 and and 14. So everybody really Mm -hmm. had a really good shooting night. But my emphasis is on Ant and will always be on Ant because it's always about, in my opinion at this point, it's about his development as a superstar player. I'm not expecting the Wolves to be a championship team this year. I'm just not at this point. I had high hopes at the beginning of the season. It's just not going to happen at this point. But one thing I'm constantly looking at, because you kind of know for the most part what you're going to get. Yeah, Mike Conley had this game where he blew up. I don't know if you can kind of count on that for Mike Conley. You can count on him to be efficient with the ball, Mm -hmm. make the right plays, get the defensive stop, that type of thing. But scoring at this point in his career is... as far as everybody yeah, else, sure. yeah, consistently that is. He, I'm just glad I get these moments. Exactly. That that's all I really care about. That right. it it can be done. Right. Not expecting it every night, but it can be done. Twenty four points and really good shooting can be made from Mike Conley. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody else on this roster, you kind of know what you kind of know what to expect. Mike and actually Jaden McDaniels, you don't some nights because some nights he's there, some nights. He's not. The defense, but he's been great. Yeah, but he's been great defensively. Um, he's still developing as a player as well. But my emphasis is always is looking at Anthony Edwards because he's the star mm-hmm. and he's the guy that has the X on his back every night. And he's the guy that's got to take on the best defender every night and make the correct decisions with the ball. And that stuff is going to be key in the postseason because we've done the regular season is regular season. It's fun. It's great. Yeah. But. We are at the point where we want to see the Minnesota Timberwolves win playoff series. And in order to do that, we got to see Anthony Edwards to continue to develop. So, all in all, that's why I love the trade because this trade helps him develop. Yeah. And it, we've seen it. Now, tonight, again, this yeah. he had a great night tonight. Yep. And but, the game uh, is officially over. Sixers whooped the Timberwolves tonight. Yeah. But you know what? Life go- I'm not, I mean, sure, I'm disappointed that they got absolutely spanked. But I mean, I'm not going to be ultimately too mad that you lose to the Sixers on any given night. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. But, but again, really seventh hardest schedule left in the NBA. Um, You're going to see some difficult teams. They got to win these games. And I, and I did want to bring <laughs> that up too. So, yes, it is difficult. But the last five I'm mm. intrigued by because you got the Lakers, the Blazers, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Pelicans. So, yes, before all that, it is tough. It is a gauntlet, but it gets a little softer at the end there. Now, we'll see if the Lakers and the Blazers are still, and even the Pelicans are still fine for the playoff lives. And even the, I mean, the Nets have been not good, obviously, since all the trades, but they still got like, I looked it up, like a seven game cushion in terms of a playoff spot. So, even if they just continue to just, you know, stink for the rest of the season, they're probably still going to make the playoffs. The Spurs. I mean, the, the Spurs, I mean, they're actually finally winning games now, but then they lose like 16 in a row yeah, or something. Pa- How does Greg Popovich let that happen? Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was possible, well, man. You don't have enough talent, man. Um, it happens. And when you want Wimbanyana, <laughs> yeah. it, happens. it happens. And somehow, like, the Rockets and the Pistons are still worse than them. It's yeah. just, I mean, 
that guy is going to be absolutely incredible. So, um, but otherwise, the Wolves uh, upcoming this week. Um, until we talk to you next time, I'm speaking of the Nets. They got the next uh, the Nets on Friday, and then uh, the Hawks as well. It looks like there's only going to be two games between uh, now and when we speak to you guys next year on Taxi Squad. The Nets and the Hawks. The Hawks are a weird team right now, man. Obviously, they just made a coaching change. It just got Quinn Snyder. They're kind of just they're. <laughs> I mean, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals just like, like two years ago, but now they're trying to figure out just they, they got Deontay Murray. They're trying to figure, out. Yeah, to figure yeah. out if that works for Trey Young, and it's, it's just like man, hasn't been as great as I thought it would be because I thought they'd be one of the easily one of the best teams in the East, and they have kind of slipped, kind of like um, the Miami Heat too. Like, I thought they'd yeah, be yeah. a lot better this year, and they also slipped for sure. Watch out for the Nets though, because um, I know you just brought them up, and they're a team that has mm-hmm. not been great, but Mikael Bridges has been getting buckets since yeah, he he's got been there, great. so. That Watch Cam out for Johnson, him. Don't guys. let him. Yeah. Do not let him beat the Timberwolves by himself. Because he, he's a good player. He's not a superstar at this point. Please don't let this one guy. Because that's how they've been winning. Mikael Bridges has been getting buckets. The couple games that they've won since the trade. Don't let him go out here and, and, and drop 45. Just uh-huh. please. But that's how, the Timber, on, that's how the Timberwolves lose, though. That's how that's the Nets win. That. That's yeah. how the Timberwolves lose. They play down to lesser opponents like this. Man. And it's just... In this case, they played a really good team and I got absolutely whooped. So yeah. it's just like, what do you do? What do you do? So hopefully they can right the ship a little bit against the Nets and the Hawks. These are t- these are two gettable games. And I don't think they're bad enough teams too, where I think the Wolves are just gonna you know brush them off like it's the Hornets or something like that. So, I agree. So hopefully it works out. Um, how about a little hockey talk, gentlemen? Yeah. Um, AJ, I can't even keep up. I, I'm still trying to look at my phone and just trying to figure out all of these moves that the Minnesota Wild made. I can't remember a trade deadline this busy for this team, really, since I've been a fan. Billy G, wheeling and dealing, and you know what? John Klingberg, that was personally my my favorite. I love that we got this guy. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So to re- recap for everybody who maybe is uh, needs a refresher, um, the the Wild were relatively quiet leading up to the trade deadline. Uh, they did acquire Marcus Johansson a couple mm-hmm. days before. They acquired Gustav Nyquist from Columbus for a fifth round pick, and then on March third, hours before the deadline, I know they deal Jordan Greenway to Buffalo to receive a second round pick in 2023 and a fifth round pick in 2024 that is remarkable value because <laughs> greenway was a second round pick at one time and he is now multiple multiple years into his into his career and he has not taken that like big next step you know how for the twins it was like oh this is the year uh this is the year miguel sano is going to take that next step <laughs> and, you know he's in the best shape of his life and no. all that stuff I feel like that has been the case that Jordan Greenway had got himself into for the wild, but he just never took that step. He he's a guy that's six foot three and two hundred and like forty pounds, but he plays like he's five foot eight and one hundred and five pounds. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, I just play just play the way your body is designed to, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's an incredible value. So great job by Bill Guerin right there. They also deal a third round or excuse me a fourth round pick. Uh, to Detroit for Oscar Sundqvist. Uh, Oscar Sundqvist has won two Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. He is a he's he's more of a depth center slash winger, um, but he is decent sized. He's going to be good defensively at times. He you know he's not the flashy player that maybe a lot of people wanted at the trade deadline, but it's it's a good move for the value mm-hmm. I think. And then um, 
they also, just as the deadline is expiring, they deal with the Anaheim Ducks. They send Andre Suster the signing rights to Nikita Nestorenko, who they were not planning on extending or signing, and a 2025 fourth-round pick in exchange for John Klingberg. John Klingberg is only like two to three years removed as an elite offensive defenseman in the NHL. His time with Dallas in a very good system benefited him. He's a very smooth skater. He generates good uh, possession north and south. He's good on the power play. Um, he's essentially an older, slightly bigger Kalen Addison, which is great but also bad because now, in my opinion, Kalen Addison deserves playing time. I like him a lot in his game. But this just takes his role out of the lineup, and now, evidently, tonight, he's mm-hmm. scratched. So hmm. uh, I don't okay. think I don't think we're going to be seeing him too much more the rest of the way. But John hmm. Klingberg, uh, bad times in Anaheim. I think now in a in a much better team, he's going to look good, and he he has looked good. But the problem is, they I wanted them to add offensively if they were going to add, and they did. But the problem is that they added by trading for a defenseman, right? So you, right. so you have you have good defensemen there when everybody's healthy. Jared Spurgeon is great. Jonas Brodin is phenomenal. Um, but now you also have and, and Jake Middleton is great as well. Mm-hmm. But now you have Klingberg. You have Addison if you want him in the lineup. But that's essentially two of the same guy. Uh, John Merrill at times is not great defensively, but sometimes he is. It's a really a weird phenomenon. And Matthew Dumba. Mm-hmm. It's and it seems like. Every D pairing is going to be one really good defensive guy and a guy who is better offensively, who's going to have to get his back looked after by the, by his D partner. So um, <laughs> I I enjoy John Klingberg. I think he's going to be pretty solid for the Wild. But you know the the main thing is the 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 what, the ripple effect on what this does to other guys such as Kalen Addison because for some reason I don't know what it is, but behind the scenes. They just it seemingly don't like him. Been for years now. They seemingly just don't like him. Yeah. So I don't um, know if it's like an attitude thing or they just his play. But like, I mean, you've seemed to speak fairly decently of him. So I I think you like him as a player. So it's just I wonder if just things aren't meshing behind the scenes with him. I don't know. Yeah. I too many nights in the press box for him. Really. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. There are, and it and it just seems like. Most nights he'd be a positive contributor to this team than not. Um, yeah, the Klingberg is kind of like, honestly, this is like, I mean, sure, that he's had kind of a down year, and I think that speaks more to the fact that he's playing in An- he played in Anaheim, and sure, Trevor Zegers is great, but that team is just not very good. I don't remember last time the Wild have really had this offensive-oriented of a defenseman, or at least in terms of, like, the potential that he can bring, because this guy from, like, the ages, like you said, from, like, 22 to like 28 or 29 was one of the best offensive points per game defensemen in all the league. I mean, he was putting up similar numbers of like Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman, Chris Letang, Roman Yossi. I mean, this guy was up there with those guys in terms of putting offensive numbers. So mm-hmm. it, it can be there. And he's, you know, he's still in his like early 30s. So he's in the prime of his career. I, he is on a one year deal. So this is probably a rental. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, Kind of a surprising move because we know that Bill Guerin likes, you know, players that are under contract for multiple years. And especially right now with the Parisian suitor buyout still in effect. But, man, I mean, this just speaks to just how, I mean, we're we're going for it this season. And I think a lot of people were kind of wondering, you know, I mean, the Wild need to play it out and see how they do. But we'll see just to what extent they might be cup contenders. I mean, they're 
you know, just a few points out of first place in the Western Conference still after another week has gone by. And I mean, sure, it's not maybe these aren't maybe as big a splash as maybe last season with how much you gave up. I mean, comparatively for Mark Andre Fleury, it was pretty nice that it actually turned out to be a second round pick. But I mean, this this was just splash, splash, splash. I love the little video of uh, Bill running to the phone too after it was running. I mean, my goodness, this guy is just. He is himself in pretty much every capacity, I feel like. He doesn't fake it. Even when he comes on Judd's Hockey Show every now and then, I feel like he's exactly the same guy as he is in that video or doing interviews for whoever else in town. It's just really cool to see. So, yeah, I'm interested to see. Like I said, this might be uh, one of the more offensive-oriented defensemen the Wild have had in a long time. It kind of, man, I mean, I, I think maybe John Klingberg might have been the player a lot of wild fans wanted Matt Dumba to be, I think maybe, um, at least in terms of offensive production, because I think that was the biggest appeal. Uh, a lot of people fell in love with Dumba at that, at the very early stages of his career. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works out. Um, at least for this season, probably won't be back for next season. Um, he'll, because he only signed a one-year deal. He probably will be looking for a multi-year contract next year. He probably definitely wants to finish strong as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a good move for the Wild. I liked all the other moves. I did say last week that I was, I would have been kind of surprised if Jordan Greenway was moved just because I, I mean, and it turned out to be kind of true that the Wild are going all in on this season. And I just figured, okay, like, sure, they're lacking maybe some things production-wise with Greenway, but, you know, he could still contribute positively just because of who he is. And I was thinking, okay, maybe if we do trade him, maybe we get a player back in return. But no, in this case, we got draft capital, which, you know what, considering we gave up some draft capital, for all these players that we got and stuff like that, this is, you know, it's it's nice to get a little bit something back. And like you mentioned, I mean, it was a second round pick and we got a second round pick back and uh, what, a fifth round pick too? Yeah. It's just like, so that's, that's a little cherry on top right there too. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's go. I mean, like I said, I mean, we didn't know how this wild season would turn out. We knew they would be competitive, but this, these moves are all in moves to go after the central and uh, hopefully get uh, some home ice in the first round. At least I'm loving it. I agree with you to an extent. I wouldn't, I, I, I think, and this isn't like me taking a jab at you. Please do though. I think, I think the term all in is just thrown around willy nilly now mm. because right. like they, I think, I think, they, I think you are in, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you are saying all in because of the volume of trades and, yes. and amount of action. Yeah. Like, cause this is the most trades I've ever seen the wild do at the deadline. So, like, so yes, yes. I, I am. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I would, um, but I would, like, I would, yeah, you're right. It's not like they did a Mark Andre Fleury move like last season mm-hmm. and invested. That that and, was a blockbuster. The, move. Yes, that was that was. But even then, I feel like when you're all in, you're you're trading impactful prospects and like incredibly okay, yeah. like multiple of each. Yeah, that's that's my definition of all in. Um, like for instance, they didn't really do that to an extent, but like the Rangers. Are all in. They trade. Sure. They tra- they saw an opportunity to go get uh, a superstar towards the end of his career in Patrick Kane, and they're like, "We're doing this no matter what." Mm-hmm. And they're trading away people to make the cast space and blah blah blah. Um, the wild. They have the numbers there, but like the the impactfulness and prospects and everything. Mm-hmm. Like John Klingberg, his name raises an eyebrow, but in terms of like the grand scheme of things, I just don't. I I don't consider it all in. But it says. We would still like to be competitive, and if this team hits a groove, mm-hmm. they could make a deep run. Right. So I wouldn't say, like, if they don't win the Cup this season, which, you know, based on 
how the Boston Bruins look and some other teams. Right. It might not happen, but but uh, um, I wouldn't say it's like a failure yeah, if they yeah. do. And but I think it, my mind of thinking, too, is that I just didn't expect the Wild to be this busy at the deadline, too. And yeah, I, absolutely, I, I just yeah. I just think the prevailing wisdom across many fans was just that these Parisian suitor contracts were going to handicap the team from being able to do things like this. And, and and clearly, clearly it's not. Clearly, Bill Guerin knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing with the cap, and he actually, mm-hmm. and he knows what he's doing with his prospect pool as well. These, these guys that we gave up. I mean, you mentioned that that we weren't even potentially going to sign that one guy, Nikita Nestorenko. Right, and the other guy was kind of just a yeah. We'll see if he kind of pans out prospect too. He wasn't really high up on the Wilds list in terms of the prospect pool anyway. No. So so yes, to let me pull myself back a little bit. These weren't all in moves. <laughs> These were like, yeah, let's put like I don't know, twenty-five to fifty percent of our chips in, but let's let's still hold back a little bit. So I, I was just really excited because, like, like I said, I wasn't expecting no, the one one the Wild to really be at this point in the season to where they can actually make these moves, and it's just a lot of fun. And John Klingberg, right, is is a pretty just it, he's a pretty decent decently sized name. Like when I saw that, and especially for the timing of it too, considering that was submitted just literally minutes before the deadline yeah. was incredibly exciting. So it was just a really fun deadline. One of the more fun deadlines the Wild have ever had. And I'm really excited to see how these guys pan out. I actually don't have the game on here in our studio. What's the score right now? The Wild uh, game zero, right now. Zero, zero, still. Zero, zero still. Third period. Early okay. Third period. Gotcha. Um, last thing we'll say before we move on is uh, I, I just, it's always funny to me how like stuff gravitates towards one country or another. The Wild now out of their 22-man nightly roster, have seven members on the team that hail from the country of Sweden. It's I so I like it's it's so funny because I can just picture the locker room as just those guys are all in their stalls in the corner and they're just speaking Swedish <laughs> to each other and everybody is like, "What are you guys talking about?" I know, so. right? No, I, I I did see um I skimmed an article exactly on this subject and. Somebody may I, 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 I'm sorry, I forget who even wrote the article or what publication it was from, but they made the case that like there's like some kind of like camaraderie or some kind of phrase in like Swedish hockey locker rooms that's really exemplified or something like that. And like okay. there's more of like an emphasis on like not that there's not an emphasis across any locker room, you know, it's it, they're always tight knit communities, but there's just. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really. No, I really yeah, skimmed the article, but there's just something about <laughs> the connectivity of the Swedes and just when they get out there on the ice and together, there's just something that uh, I don't know. There's a bonding. That goes on there. I don't know, right. but I, I saw that too. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, Bill Guerin likes a uh, likes his, his Swedish fish. <laughs> I don't know. I said that. Love um, Swedish fish. Okay, we're gonna move on. I had this idea today, and I text you guys about it, and I think we're gonna be all prepared, but. Leading into it, are you guys fans of like professional wrestling at all? I used to be. You used to be um, like WWE. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, that was my thing back 20, in the day. Not like, as much now, like 2007 to 2010 was my WWE prime. I okay. would say. This, so there, there is. There's a gentleman going here right now. He, I believe, he's on SmackDown on Fridays, Friday nights. But uh, his name is LA Knight. He used to be. He used to go by Eli Drake, and I think this man is absolutely electric. But there was he used to be on Impact Wrestling and he did this whole thing where he would come out and he would you know he calls people dummies like blah 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 like here's I hate this guy's a dummy this guy's a dummy this guy's a dummy, um, but with that I think why not why can't we call people dummies so I think <laughs> mo- maybe moving forward <laughs> ma- moving forward once a week 
We get the Taxi Squad Dummies of the Week, and we just go through and we say it doesn't have to be um, a person necessarily Minnesota sports, it's just something we observe. So uh, here's our first iteration of the Taxi Squad Dummy of the Week. Dummy? Yeah. Yeah. That's him, for the record. That's him. He, <laughs> I was not expecting that. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I went all out for this. We found yes. With a, yes. a two-second audio clip. I love um, it. Good who, who wants to start us off? Okay, well, here's the thing. Um, Artis and I might have the same person. I, I'd say, I, but I want to actually, it's not, man, that's not the same person. Well, it's not necessarily the same person. It's, not, it's like the league or something yeah, like that. Okay, okay. 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 So, so, like, we the, got the same one. And th- and this news did drop today. But I have a backup plan. So okay. Do you want me to get, how about this? I'll go first. So you guys can get an idea okay. of how I was expecting, okay. thinking this would go. I don't really have a backup plan. I'll think about it. Okay. Then, yeah, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> All right, so um, I, we were just talking wild. We were just talking wild, and uh, it was it was came out to today over the last day or two, um, kind of some behind the scenes stuff about the trade deadline and everything like that. And Bill Guerin was working the phones and whatnot. Uh, leading up to the trade deadline, kind of earlier in the morning, he got on the phone with uh, Pat Verbeek, who is the GM of the Anaheim Ducks. And f- it, it, from my understanding, Bill Guerin is a pretty straight shooter. He doesn't do the low ball, like, here's what I want to offer you, and then you offer something higher, and then we just get to the middle. He's like, hey, maybe we'll have a little fluctuation, but this is kind of what we value everybody at. Let's not – let's cut the BS. Like, let's just offer it. So he gets on the phone. He says, hey, here's what we're doing. Um, Pat Verbeek says, no, uh, we can – if we're going to move him, we're going to get a better value than that. Otherwise, we'll just we'll just be fine with with keeping him. Bill Guerin says, without hesitation, uh, sure you will, and then hangs up the phone. Just sure you will, hangs up the phone. In the waning moments of the trade deadline, Verbeek calls him back in a in a breath. Hey, we want to do that trade, but we need to do one more thing. You need to add, uh, add in Nestorenko's signing rights. And the wild, like, that's fine. We didn't plan on really doing that. Like, we don't really care about that guy. So my dummy of the week is Pat Verbeek, GM of the Oof. Anaheim Ducks. Oh. When Ga- when Bill Guerin calls you and tells you, hey, this is a deal, you take it. So, Pat Verbeek, you're a dummy. Dummy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. Seems not even doing that good this year, which is you know, probably his fault. They're rebuilding. They're rebuilding. They're trying to get a, what's the super-duper prospect this year in hockey? Oh, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard, yeah. Connor they're Bedard. trying to get him. Him and Zegris would be pretty dang sweet. Is he going to, like, be a guy? Oh, AJ's uh, he's looking at the TV. Something just happened Almost with the game. Goal. Almost, Almost a goal. goal. Almost a goal. Uh, is he? Is that Bedard guy going to, like, play right away? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, 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 he will no, be no. an impact yeah. player immediately, immediately for whatever team that's left. Okay. Yeah. I hope he goes to Phoenix, personally. They... And I then, mean, they and would, then they he plays on him. a college campus for four years. That'd yeah, be awesome. Who knows? Maybe you get him in and they can go play in the big arena again. Maybe they're like, hey, come on back to Glendale. Tempe's nice. But anyway. Uh, all right. Who's up next? Right. Who's the, Who's got the next Demi of the Week? Dummy. Jason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jason's got it. Okay. So, again, this might be similar to what Artis's was, too. Um, and this news literally dropped today. But my Dummy, I guess, of the week uh, is... The Baltimore Ravens and the National Football League, because, uh, look, even though that guaranteed money is nice, uh, Lamar Jackson is not getting a long-term deal. He got franchise tagged by the league. Um, Look, I understand that he's missed a lot of time the last couple seasons, but this guy's an MVP winner. He's proven that he can go out there and even went a little bit in the playoffs, too. And, like, yeah, I know he's been hurt, but I think this also speaks, though, specifically to the league, maybe blackballing him a little bit because of what happened with Deshaun Watson. 
I think the league is embarrassed that Deshaun Watson got that contract. I really think they are. And so I think they're trying to avoid, and obviously Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson aren't similar people in any regard, but I think that the league is just trying to avoid kind of a similar situation and just giving a quarterback just insane amounts of money. I mean, obviously this has been a thing for several years now of quarterbacks making insane amounts of money, but just, it kind of, it does kind of reek of that. And it's just, it's really lame, man. The guy's proven that he deserves a long-term contract. And again, that franchise tag money is nice. It is guaranteed. I mean, Kirk cousins can tell you all about that, (laughs) but it's just, it's just a joke, and I know that Lamar gets criticized because he doesn't have an agent or anything like that, but he's been betting on himself, and it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think at this point he'll probably do this one more year with the Ravens, and then he'll probably get his, his ass out of there because this is just ridiculous. So the Ravens and the NFL, not only for not giving Lamar his money, but giving Deshaun Watson their money, they're my dummies of the week. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that dude, he sounds like The Rock, bro. He is electric. Yeah, I'll, I'll send, I'll send you a couple guy. of his promos. Yeah. I'll send you a couple of his promos. Dude, he's amazing. Yeah, he, he, he's electric. He sounds like, yeah. he sounds like the people's champ. He, he's, like, he he's got me. a couple of things where he's like, that is just a fact of life. And then <laughs> like, when he comes out for his promos, like people, yeah, yeah. And then crowd vote. And then he goes, let me talk to you. And everybody just goes ballistic. It's awesome. <laughs> he's so Dummies. good. Man, he, he sounds like the great one. That I keep on making all these references because I love The Rock. That's my favorite WWE fighter of all time. Mm-hmm. But I want to quickly add to yeah, Jason's please. before I go on to my own. The, this whole Lamar Jackson situation is 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 really grinds my gears. <laughs> it, it really it really grinds my gears. Tell us it's more, like, Peter Griffin. It's, it's like, what is the goal for the Baltimore Ravens? Do you guys just want to be competitive? Do you guys not want to be a playoff team? Or do you guys want to compete for Super Bowls? Because what's the plan? If you don't want Lamar, because it just feels like they don't want him almost. Mm. It feels like, oh, he, he's not worth what he's asking for. Okay, then what would you rather have? You're in the AFC. You have to contend with Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers might be over in the AFC soon. Like, you have to Please. compete with the elite of the elite quarterbacks in the AFC. You're not competing with a rookie quarterback. You're not c- competing with anybody else that you throw into that system. It's not happening. This is not 2000 where you have the greatest defense of all time, maybe, and you could put Trent Dilfer out there to win the Super Bowl. That's that's not it. Joe Flacco, prime Joe Flacco is not walking through the door either. And even if he was, I'm not sure he'd be able to get through this AFC gauntlet. It's, it, it, it's literally ridiculous. And the last thing I want to quickly say about that is this. NFL players talk. NFL players have great relationships and Lamar is a very popular NFL player in the NFL. And when you think about that and you add that into consideration, you have to understand that you are setting a precedent for how NFL free agents and other players feel or what they think about your organization. They see how you treat your best player. Mm-hmm. They see how you mm-hmm. treat probably the best player you've had since maybe Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. They see how this is happening, and they're like, why would I go there? They don't even take care of their, of their best players. They, they won't even take care of – they're MVP quarterbacks, so what makes me think they'll take care of me? Makes no sense. I don't know what they intend to gain off of this, and it will not end well. But right. I will not add any more to that one. That was going to be my original <laughs> one. That was going to be my original just like, dummy yeah, of the day. But, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. but I'm going to switch it now over to the New York Giants organization. Oh. Yes. Ooh. The whole organization. <laughs> I just want to, as an Eagles fan, I just want to, I just want to give a, a a public thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you guys for ensuring that you will be 
towards the bottom of the NFC East just about every year. I just, I thank you so much. <laughs> this is a guy in Daniel Jones with what, 21 wins over his over his career so far, 32 losses, one tie. This is a guy that only had what, 15 touchdown passes last year to five interceptions. He finally has a decent year, mm-hmm. an okay year, a mediocre year. And you give this man a four-year, $160 million deal? Oh, my God. They're, they're, the moment he asked for Patrick Mahomes' money, I'd have let him go. That's just disrespectful. <laughs> you can go. We, listen, we'll, we'll find somebody else. Like, like completely different situation in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I, you'll find someone else at that point. I, just, hey, hey, D- Derek Carr, it, he's not available anymore. But at that mm-hmm. time, I'd have made that call. Aaron Rodgers, you feel like coming over to the Big Apple? I don't, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody. I mean, anybody. Any, but no way I'm paying that much for Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic, whatever we call him. Okay? I, I'm just not doing it. So, the New York Giants are definitely my dummies of the day. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones ain't a dummy, though. Bravo to him. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, Daniel Jones is the is the not dummy of the week. Yeah. Because, Get that bag. Because he made it known a long time ago that he wanted this money. And people laughed him off like, no way, no how. Look what happened. He went and got it. He went and got it. Good for Danny he Dimes. Got he, he has several dimes now. He got it several from the, dimes. He got it from the right organization because if he was a free agent, there's not a team in the NFL that gave him that much money. I don't. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. But I think he had the Giants in a bad situation, and they folded. I almost I'd have let yeah. him go. I, I almost would have given Saquon a contract and tagged Danny Dimes. Maybe. I mean that. I mean I know like giving running backs a contract is risky. I, I understand mean, that Saquon's. Easily the better player, but mm-hmm. it's just the running back yeah. type of thing. And I kind of understand. Give the quarterback the money franchise side, the running back. I understand yeah. it, but like Daniel Jones is just not. I I literally Damn. have never, and I know he's beaten Philadelphia a couple of times. There has never, <laughs> in the history of him being in the NFL, where he has played Philadelphia, and I have been nervous. <laughs> not one time have I been like, ah, oh, damn. We got to play Danny Dimes this week. I see the schedule. Giants, Danny. Oh, thank God. This should be be a win. We could be like 1 in 12. But we got Danny Dimes. (laughs) This should be a win. The Giants giving Danny Dimes a contract. It's likely that the Cowboys are still going to keep Zeke. If only the Commanders kept Carson Wentz, then you'd be having a perfect offseason so far. It would be great. (laughs) Eagles got a lot of things to figure out this offseason, too. We didn't tag C.J. Gardner-Johnson today, so I'm getting a little Nervous, they might be my next dummy soon. Yeah, but in how we got two first round picks, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be well, all hey, right. You'll um, be all right. We'll see. If, if you're listening and want to share your dummy of the week with us, let us know. Uh, reply on Facebook, Twitter, or just reach out to us individually. Um, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll get you in here and we can uh, yeah. get you involved with uh, the dummy of the week. Dummy, yeah, yeah. Well, that's gonna wrap it up. I think this uh, week on Taxi Squad, gents. Um, any final words before we send it off? Um. Au revoir, Lindsey Whalen, no longer the coach of women's uh, Golden Gopher hoops. Um, kind of a not real. I don't know if I want to say it was a surprising move because, frankly, they haven't been too good under her tenure. But um, you know, there was a pretty hyped up uh, freshman class coming in that I thought that was going to give her at least one more year to compete. And uh, you know, because it's Lindsey Whalen, they're going to say, "Oh, she resigned." But I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that I mean, she was yeah. fired. So um, yeah, it's. It's kind of one of those situations where, like, a legendary basketball player tries the coaching bit and it doesn't work out. 
And obviously she's still like a Mount Rushmore, Minnesota athlete, not just in at the U I'm talking about all of Minnesota sports. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it stinks that, it, and I think she's still going to be there in some kind of like advisory capacity. Cause of course it's Lindsay Whalen. You still want her around to like for recruiting purposes because she was an awesome player in college and in the WNBA. So, but yeah, just kind of a, Kind of a, it's it's weird because of who it is, but I mean, the state of gopher hoops across the board right now, it, it's tough. Ben Johnson's having a tough second year. We'll see how that third year goes. He's, he's, he's going to probably be a little bit hot, but yeah, I mean, it just, it, this may have been like the boiling point for gopher hoops and it, it can only get better. So that's my final thought. I personally believe that Howie Roseman is the best <laughs> general manager oh in God. the league. I'm going somewhere with this. I, that, that is don't my make, yeah, You're certainly going I know, somewhere. I know don't maybe break out the dummy sound. No, the, I, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no I, I believe he's the best. There's obviously others that uh. can be compared because of Super Bowls and all of that. But I said that to say this. I love what I have seen so far from Quasi. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota Vikings fans, there are going to be a, some uncomfortable things that happen this offseason. But I am almost at that point where I am trusting Quasi no matter what. So I say Vikings fans... I think you should feel the same way. Look at how things have transpired since he got here. Look at where it's going. Look at the trajectory of the team. And no matter what you see, know there's a plan. Trust Quasi. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up here on Taxi Squad for us this week. Make sure to download, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating, all that stuff. Share with your friends. And make sure to let us know your dummy of the week here <laughs> moving forward. Uh, for Artist Woods, Jason Storm, AJ Fredrickson, we'll catch you next week on the Taxi Squad. See you next week.